praise the Lord. Father, I just thank you for the privilege of standing right here right now. I'm humbled by the fact that you chose to use me. Father, I thank you so much today. Holy Spirit, I I yield to you right now. I make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Speak to me that you might speak through me, I pray. In the name of Jesus, as we go to your word today. My doctor asks me about my husband every time I go. And I tell him the truth. I tell him, well, he's the head of the family now. He's pulled in every direction. Our church is small, so our workers are very limited. And the ones that are working are working themselves down. So... uh, our son has had a major stroke, and things are bad there. Our other son lives with us. He has emotional problems. And I said, my husband has a whole lot on him. But his trust is in the Lord. And as long as he uses wisdom, I said, all, I said he and I both have an understanding. When he looks at me and he says, I've got to go lay down and have some quiet time, I said, I don't question him one bit. I, I tell him, shut the door so the dog can't even bother you. And uh, we understand each other that way. And I, I was telling a doctor this fr- or the other day, and he, he's just looking at me, you know, and I said, and you know what, doctor? He tells me his faith is in God and that when his time comes, it will come. And it won't come until it's God's time. So I believe my husband trusts the Lord. So therefore, I trust the Lord with my husband. And I refuse to take the burden on me when God has him in his hands. And he, he just looks away <laughs> but it, it's so it, isn't it good it is to peace. be in his hands the only peace the only place of peace my wife loves me she she knows i had a stroke some years ago she don't want to think about losing me and she wants me to take care of myself and she wanted the doctor to take care of me uh, but i've i'm uh, i'm being well cared for uh, since that stroke since everybody prayed when god raised me up he raised me up with no symptoms and he raised me up healthy and i'm not only any medication for anything and i'm 70 years old for heaven's sakes amen i check my blood pressure every time we go to Publix, and uh, right now it is well within the normal range uh, it stays within the normal range. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is faithful. And uh, some trust in horses and some in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's why I love to go back in the old covenant. Because people, when God moved in behalf of people, they recognized something about his character. And they said, you know, you can be right with God. You can get right with God and be right with God. His name is Jehovah Sikinu, the Lord our righteousness. You know, you can be healed by God. 
His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our physician, the Lord that healeth thee. You know, you can have the peace of God, for his name is Jehovah Shalom. He's a, when you get right with God, you can have peace with God and thereby have the peace of God. Hallelujah. You can win your battles because his name is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, our banner. Hallelujah. He goes before us in the battle bearing the banner of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine. He's everything. He's all that. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so much more. Praise God. We're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And doctors are men of science. Even though they go to church, they're still men of science. Sometimes when you start talking faith, they kind of get that thousand yard stare you know and and they think we're all running from death no we're just we're just running for god wherever that takes us and our times are in his hands if you have let's just father i seal this once again with prayer today let me speak as an oracle of god thank you for letting me letting me speak the word for all of these years thank you for the word that you've given us so that we don't speak our words but your word hallelujah and once again holy spirit i make my tongue the pen of a ready writer speak to me that you may speak through me i'll give you all the glory all the glory for i ask it in jesus holy name amen romans uh, no 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 Four Romans, Colossians. I want to read this verse of Scripture. I want to talk to you about a subject that God gave me this morning, so it's fresh. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk about the threefold blessing of being in God's kingdom. Isn't it amazing all the stuff about the kingdom today? And yet, and here's the message, it's going to be about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The threefold blessing of being in God's kingdom. Everybody say, in God's kingdom. Now, the first thing I want to do is get out of that theological, mystical frame of mind when we talk about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and, and not make that big, some kind of big confusing differential between the two. I want to define kingdom plain and clear. Uh, kingdom is where a king rules in undisputed authority. Can't be a kingdom without a king. And it can't be his kingdom unless he is in charge of it. He is wherever the kingdom, the, wherever the king rules in undisputed authority, there is the kingdom of God. And the question today that we're going to ultimately come to is not whether he is king or he is Lord, but is he your king and is he your Lord? Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have a problem with His Lordship in my life. I have a problem not bowing to Him or believing Him. But my problem is my flesh and its weakness in following Him and obeying Him. You have to crucify your flesh to love your enemy. Because your flesh don't even like your enemy, let alone love Him. Your flesh wants him to get it in the neck. Amen? We want vengeance. And he says, leave that to me. You back off in a hurry. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Amen. It's important to know that you are in the kingdom. 
It's important to know that the kingdom is in you. Because when Jesus comes in as your Lord and Savior, and I want to qualify that. I don't believe He can ever be your Savior if you don't want Him as your Lord. I don't believe in a salvation without, without, without the Lordship of Jesus. And that don't mean that you will be sinlessly perfect, but it means that you will be perfectly committed to Christ as your new Master. Amen. You were of your father the devil. He was your king. He was your master. He was your Lord. And his works you did. The Bible puts a list of sins that will make your toenails curl. And you know what it says down at the end of it? And such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. And you are justified. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Wouldn't it, how many has got a past? In this room. Amen. How many would be a little embarrassed? I know people have told portions of their past and as part of their testimony. But I'm really glad that everybody didn't tell every salacious, sinful detail. Amen. Would it bother you if your past was suddenly put on a big screen up here and they showed some of the very worst sinful things that you were into such were some of you there were some of you gave your testimony privately uh, that I found out about and uh, when I found out I said no no not him no no not her yes amen we were of our father the devil he was the king over us, the influence that we listened to, and, and we were good servants of him. We served him well. We did his works. But if you've truly come to Christ, there's been a change. You've come into his kingdom because you have made him your king. The word that's used more frequently is Lord. Lord. In the Old Testament, Lord is Adonai. And it is not a name for God. It is a title for God. He is Adonai. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And when He becomes the Lord of your life, the kingdom has come within you. Because the King is now ruling in undisputed authority. I didn't say your flesh will have no problems obeying Him. I'm saying in your spirit, you bow to no other. You don't have a problem with Jesus being your new master. Can you say, man, you're not trying to serve two masters. That's what Jesus taught about money. Amen. He didn't say it was wrong to have money. He said it's wrong to, for money to have you. For it to master you. Amen. He says you can't serve what? Two masters. And here's how he delineated that. He said because, and it's a love-hate. It's not I like him, I love him more. No, you can't like and love. You've got to love or hate. It's light or darkness. It's sold out to Christ or still dabbling in the world and with the devil. And Jesus says you can't do what a lot of people think they can do and are being told they can do. You can't serve. And it was in the context of, of money and materialism as opposed to the kingdom of God and spiritual things. But it has to do with every part of our life. You 
can't serve two masters. You have to make a decision. You have to make a clean break. It's so very clear in the New Testament. Amen. It says, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And you shall be called my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord. As it is written, I will walk in them. The Greek word is perambulate. And it means I will be able to move freely within them. See, that's the king and his kingdom being expressed in our life. I will walk in them. And they shall be called my children, my sons, and my daughters. And then the the next verse begins another chapter. For it says, having these promises, God living in us, moving through us, hallelujah, animating us, giving us life, hallelujah. It says, having, dearly beloved, having these promises. And these are in the category of those promises that the Bible said are on the top shelf. Above all the other promises whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. How many know that puts them above all the other promises? That puts them on the top shelf. Most Christians are out the promise after the promise of, of material gain. God has promised to bless you. It's not wrong to expect the blessing. That's not materialism. God has promised to bless your giving. How many would like Him to keep that promise to you? And if you don't, and you think it's going to make you worldly or take away your spirituality, uh, you know, give it away. As soon as, but don't refuse it, because there's people that need it and know what to do with it. Whereby are given to us, listen to it, why it's on the top shelf. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature. That you become godly. Amen? Godlike. That you're a follower of Jesus. You earn the name Christian by following Christ. You don't just grab the title because you go to church. It's not what you do in church, darling. It's what you do when you walk out of the doors of the church into this fallen world that marks you and sets you on one side or the other. Hallelujah. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot and I cannot serve two masters because you will love the one and you will hate the other. Come on, you can't love and like. It's love-hate. It's light-dark. God will not allow us the middle ground. He won't allow you and I to straddle the fence. He that's not with me is what? Against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. First time in Scripture that money is given a name other than money. It's called mammon. 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 And it's not about money, it's about the flesh, it's about the world system. It's about the world value system. You can serve God with money, but you can't serve God and money at the same time. 
Because two kingdoms are now in conflict. And the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness. It is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. And you can't buy none of that but money. Can you say, man, it was bought and paid for by something more precious than any silver or gold of this world. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold after the tradition of your fathers. Amen. But you were redeemed, ransomed is the Greek word. The ransom that was paid for your salvation at the cross was with the precious blood of a lamb, without spot and without blemish. You can't put that in comparison to the kingdoms of this world world your value system has to change if you're still after the mercedes for a status symbol and 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 you and and you think that's going to fulfill you and that's what you're after so you can show the world you're successful you're after something material problem is everything material is going to pass away but you are eternal and you're going to live somewhere forever that ought to be a priority and that's why the exceeding Great and precious promises is not about the material world. Whereby given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might partake of the divine nature. That we might have the Holy Spirit living within us and we might live a life that is a godly life. The Bible said to be followers of Him as dear children. And you know what it means? It means to be an imitator of Him, but not just to act like what we know God is like in our character, but to be like it. To be like it. To be like Him. Every time I love my enemy, I'm being like God. I'm being like Jesus. Amen? So many people in here, when you got that mighty infilling of the Holy Ghost you spoke in other tongues, you danced, you shouted you run and you didn't pursue the character of Christ we just pursued the charismata instead of the character and here's what happens when you have the gifts of the Spirit, the charismata which are genuine and legitimate and you don't have the character to go with it the spiritual maturity and the Christ likeness, when you speak in tongues of men and angels. He didn't say the tongues were not real. He said they're not going to be relevant without the divine love of God in our character. You know why? Because we're going to speak in tongues to be seen and heard. And when we speak in tongues to be seen and heard, the Bible said it is now become nothing more than sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. A lot of noise with no reason, no rhyme, and no substance. Amen? And, and there are people that would rather be seen and heard because of some spiritual gift. Listen, you may have the gift of faith that you're able to move mountains. But if it's not for the glory of God, and it's for the glory of yourself, look what my faith got me. Look what my faith has done. The Bible said it profits you nothing. God doesn't lay any of that to your account until... 
in fact, concerning the gifts of the Spirit, it said, let everything, every gift that there is given to everyone to whom it's given, let everything be done for one reason. It's not self-exaltation. It's not self-edification. It's for the edification of the body of Christ. Can you say man? It's not so you can be seen or heard. It's so you can help somebody that is in need. Hallelujah. Jesus went about doing good. God anointed him. And he went about doing good, healing all that were what? Oppressed of the devil. Without love it profits nothing. Zero. Zilch. And that's why there's so many powerless people exhibiting gifts. They have the charismata, but they don't have the character to use it properly. The Bible said you have not because you ask not primarily. You don't make God your source. But you ask and receive not. Somebody said, why isn't prayers answered? More prayers answered. Here's the answer. Number one, you don't make God your source. My wife's doctor has a real problem with me. He does. He thinks I am courting death because I'm not under his care. Well, Doc, if something's wrong with me, I don't. I'm not anti-doctor. I'm not anti-medication. I'm glad when the meat wagon came for me, there was a hospital to go to. But I had a stroke. You know what they did for me? You know what they did to help me and heal me? Nothing. They didn't even give me an aspirin. They tested me. They said, yep, you had a bad stroke. $27,000 they billed Medicare. Thank God for them. I mean, you know, I, but they didn't do anything. They put a bracelet on me and it was purple. <laughs> and, and you know what the purple bracelet means? He's not able to go to the bathroom by himself. He's supposed to call a nurse and she's supposed to help him to the bathroom and help him back. Because if he stands up, he might fall down. If he falls down, he's going to sue us. So, you know what I'm saying? It's not like they, you know, big, big concern about Robert A. I mean, they're good people. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate every one of them. But God heal me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doc. I'm just not. I'm, I'm so happy that God still heals today. I'm so happy that prayer was answered. Don't, don't worry so much about me. I'm in good hands. My blood pressure is normal. I'm 70. I'm not on medication. I'm not skinny neither. <laughs> he riding a bicycle. How many miles to get here and how many miles back? All the way down 56th. That's where you ride in. That's where you ride back. Wow. No wonder he's skinny. <laughs> Amen. And fit. Fit is a fiddle. They can't get over it. They couldn't get over it on my job, Dale. They couldn't get over it because when I was bivocational for 12 years, I had opportunities to become a foreman. And a foreman means you get off of hourly and you get on salary. The problem with it is, anytime they need you, you got to be there. Forget about Sunday. 
Forget about your ministry. Take the money. Everybody takes the money. Everybody puts the kingdom of this world over the kingdom of God. When push comes to shove, the money still rules. And they, they thought I was a strange duck. And my foreman and the big boss sat down in the office and there happened to be one of the employees that I worked with sitting in there with them on a break. And he said, they were talking about you. I said, they were. He said, yeah. He said, the big boss says, why don't he bid on one of these higher paying jobs? He can make $12,000 more a year. That's $1,000 a month added to my budget. How many would it make a difference if you had an extra thou? How many think if you had an extra thou per month, you might drive a better car? What would you do with it? I mean, he likes his truck. He said he got a four by four. Give him another thou, he wouldn't know what to do with it. That's why I'm praying God give him another thou because he might bless me with it. Can you say amen so I can get me a truck like that? He probably would. Amen. She said, when the Lord comes, she's going to leave me her truck. Shame on you. <laughs> I love you, Cherie. I don't, I, don't have dinner, I don't have dinner to pick on anymore. I got to pick on Cherie. She's a big, big gal. Got broad shoulders. You did get that, didn't you? I, I'm going to. I, she's not going to leave me down here. Hallelujah. No way, Jose. No way. Kingdoms are in conflict today. Amen. And right now in the church of Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Jesus is played down. Here's how it works now. We're giving out free tickets to heaven. By grace you are saved. It's called hyper grace. Who don't want to go to hell and who wants to go to heaven? Who wants God to bless everything you put your hand to and put you over and, and prosper you in this world? Who wants all of the blessings of, uh, of God? All of, see, all the blessings of the kingdom is not represented until the king is the king. Kingdom is where a king rules. In undisputed authority, thy kingdom come. And when people pray that pattern that Jesus set for us, Thy kingdom come. We think of Jesus coming with thousands of His saints and angels to rule and reign upon the earth, and that will be the ultimate coming of the kingdom. When the King Himself comes, takes over the earth, and by the way, people are not just going to bow to Him, He's going to rule with a rod of iron. Because there's going to be a whole lot of people here when He sets up His kingdom here that have not received Him yet as their Savior. And I'm going to tell you something about the flesh of fallen man. With Jesus ruling and reigning on the earth visibly, there are nations that will not bow to Him. And when the devil's let out of the bottomless pit, He's going to cause those people... To rise up and think they can overthrow His kingdom. His own people said it when they rejected Him, didn't they? What was the issue? We will not have this man rule over us. It was His kingdom rule that they were rejecting. And there are people today that name His name that don't want His rule. 
You can't have it both ways. God says you can't have it both ways. God is not trying to make it hard. He's making it easy. Make a clean break with the devil and say, I'm not going to serve you anymore. I'm going to serve God. Hallelujah. And he'll lose his power over you, his authority over you. You've got a new king and you're in a new kingdom and you owe him nothing. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Take up your cross. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Hand on my rosha. I serve this Lord. He's my master. And if I glory in anything, this is a man with all the charismata, all the gifts operating. Hallelujah. And he said, if I'm going to boast, I'm not going to boast in my, my ability to prophesy or my deep revelations or my healing ministry. If I'm going to boast, if I'm going to glory, the word is boast, I will boast in the cross of Jesus Christ, whereby I am crucified to this world and this world is crucified to me. I'm not in it. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. And isn't that the prayer of Jesus? Father, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. Why? Because we're the salt of the earth. And we are the only light that this sin-darkened world has. We're here for a purpose in the kingdom. For a time such as this. And this man was a Christian and he knew me. In fact, when someone found out I was a minister, so many people had the title but wasn't following Christ themselves. Where I worked, they were suspect. And the man that was sitting in the office got to know me personal, got to know me well enough that when they had a pastor's appreciation day at a, at a, 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 a church where he attended, a black Baptist church, they invited a Pentecostal preacher to come and preach their pastor appreciation. Hallelujah. Got to preach to 800 people. Amen. One of them even asked, would he consider being our pastor? That's what the deacon told me. I said, Lord, have mercy. A little old white guy in a black Baptist church, Pentecostal on top of that. Something must have clicked that Sunday morning. Anyway, that deacon was sitting in there when they were discussing the reason why I wouldn't take the money over my ministry, wouldn't take more money and be less available and useful to God. Amen. You know, there is a scripture that says, Seek ye first. Here it is. There's that word. The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Oh, He said, Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor swim toil nor spin but Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these if God so clothed the lilies of the field can't he put some clothes on you without you having to compromise your faith can you say man can't he take care of you without you having to lean toward the world all the time can't he be your king and your lord and care for you Wow! Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not only do you get His kingdom and be right with Him, but as a bonus, all these things that the Gentiles are willing to sell their soul for. That's what took Jesus back for what would man give. 
in exchange for his soul. See, here's the beauty of it. When you get, when you get the kingdom in the right perspective, and the king is your Lord and Savior. See, the deal today is come and get saved and then consider to what degree that you're going to allow him to be the primary influence in your life. Someone said it so clearly, if he's not Lord of everything, he's not Lord at all. He's not Lord of anything. Brother Venable, you're, you're, you're too strict. You're pre- too, preaching too straight. Let me put it to you this way. If I'm rubbing the fur the wrong way, this is what Vance Havner said to people with the same attitude. If I'm rubbing the fur the wrong way, turn the cat around. Can you say amen? That's all you got to do. Amen. Is turn the cat around. It's the cat facing the wrong way. Uh, the, the Bible is true. Jesus is right. We're the ones that need to get right. Can you say amen? Hey, give it to me straight. Tell me like it is. I want Him to be my Lord. I want Him to be my Lord because many people are going to miss it over that central issue. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Because they've been told that you can be saved without Him being the Lord. And they assume that just by going to church and being baptized that He's their Lord and they don't even follow Him. Don't even attempt to follow it. And many, that's what's so disconcerting. And the God who's seen the end from the beginning is the one who said this. On that day, He's been there. He's seen it. He knows who's going to heaven. He knows who's going to hell. But the tragedy is there's going to be many that think they're going to heaven that are not. Many. The words of Christ... Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. And I will say unto them, the ones that are not saying it out of a reality and a real relationship with God. Just a churchy, shallow, uncommitted relationship with God. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. You've never met me. You're calling me Lord. (laughs) You serve the devil every day of your life, but you got baptized when you were 12, and you call it salvation. And you have the audacity to stand here and call me Lord. He said on another occasion, Lordship is still the issue, Brother Taylor. Why callest thou me Lord? And do not what I say. If you're struggling... To serve Him because your flesh is weak. Thank God for that struggle. He'll get in that battle with you and He'll help you get the victory. Struggle proves Satan's not your king anymore. Struggle proves that you've got a new master. You're in a new kingdom. You've got a new life. I struggle with my flesh all the time. But it's okay because there's one called alongside to help. But listen, I struggle because it is my heart commitment to follow Christ. 
Jesus says you can't serve two masters. For you will love one and hate the other. Or you will hate one and love the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Mammon has to do with money, but it has to do with more. It has to do with living our life simply for sinful, fleshly pleasure. That's what mammon's all about. It's not having money. It's what money gives us. Station, prestige, things. And Jesus taught this about that, this conflict of kingdoms. He said, beware, lest your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this world. That that day overtake you as a thief. For it shall come like a snare, like a trap that suddenly snaps shut on all the inhabitants of the earth. And God wants us alerted. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. Can you say, man? You've got to choose. That's why Joshua 24, 14, or 15, where it says, If it seemed good to you to serve the God of your fathers, Baal was the God they were bowing to in compromise. Amen. If it seemed good to you to serve those gods that your fathers compromised, you see, you can't follow your daddy. You can't follow your mama. You can't follow your denomination. You've got to determine to follow Jesus Christ because you're not going to answer to your daddy, your mama, your denomination. You're going to answer to God Almighty. And so Joshua put the line in the sand. He said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. But if you don't want to serve God, that's your prerogative. That's your decision. But here's where I stand. And I always will stand. If nobody stands with me, this is where I stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Adonai. Hallelujah. 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 I do not believe the gospel is being presented in the absolute that it should be presented in. We're watering it down to get people to help us build our buildings, pad our bank accounts, feed our success symbols. The Apostle Paul said this, I didn't shun to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, I am pure from the blood of all men someone ends up in hell thinking they're going to heaven it won't be because I held back when I proclaimed the gospel it wasn't because I aided and abetted the devil in blinding them I challenged them in every everything I said and everything I did everything God said about this greatest of all issues I declared it to my own hurt but I declared it I want, I want a preacher to give it to me straight. If he's messing with me, if he's beating around the bush, if he's not declaring the whole truth of God, I just don't have time to listen to him. I want to be challenged. I'm serious about my walk with God. 
I'm headed for eternity. I'm going to live somewhere forever. I want to make sure. I'm my, I want to make my calling and my election sure. Hallelujah. So the Bible said, beware lest your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness. What is surfeiting? It's what we're going to do in a few minutes. We're going to go eat. There's nothing wrong with eating. Unless our flesh is so controlling that the only thing we're looking for is that that fulfills our temporal flesh with no little or no concern for our eternal soul or spirit. Some people resent the time that we're spending right now in church. They won't come here because we don't get out on time. But they got time for everything else. They got time for everybody else. If you're a fisherman, you want to catch them fish as soon as they wake up hungry. You don't want them to start eating anything but what you're taking to feed them with, with the hook in it. If you're a fisherman, you're going to be at a lake that's 100 miles away. You set the alarm clock for 5 a.m. and you wake up at 4:30. Drink a pot. Wait, he said three o'clock. Okay, I got it wrong, but I got a fisherman here. Come on, what's you're passionate about? Now come on, what you love, you you make time for. What you love, you got money for. What you love, you find a way. Margaret used to be Madeiras, and she remarried. And but Margaret, Sister Margaret, she's a yard sale junkie. But she knows that all of the people that have booths and selling stuff are going to hit them early. She said, "I get up before daylight. Before daylight on Saturday morning, and I go into those good neighborhoods where it says yard sale, garage sale." She said, I have been known to walk up to the door and knock on it at daybreak. And some groggy-eyed person that put up the sign comes squinting out the door. She said, what do you want? The yard sale. When does it start? Because you know all the good stuff is going to be for the picking. If you wait till noon, it's been picked over. Somebody done got that Evan Rude motor that guy couldn't get to crank simply because he had a little water in his gas. And he sold it for 50 bucks and paid 700 for it. Can you say amen? Terry said, I want it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you're going to have to get up early to get it. Because somebody knows the good stuff is the people who get there. They get up. I told you my, my sons. My sons are so lazy. When they were in school... I, both of them were in school at the, you know, they're 10 years apart. One of them was in junior high and one of them's in elementary. But the thing was, school morning, every school morning, I knock on the door. Time to get up. We got to go get ready for school. No response. I go in and I shake them because they look like two dead dogs laying inside the road. Amen. Honestly, both of them. And I shake them. Time to get up. Go to school. Come on. Let's get up. Mama's cooking breakfast. No response. I go back in. I don't threaten them with the belt or anything. I just, you know, I, I love my sons. I just, I just grab them by the, by the ankle or by the arm and pull them over to the edge of the bed so they fall on the floor. And 
They still look like a dead dog by the road. And I said, come on, get up. You've got to get up. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, man. And now, now it's my day. I've got them up so they can get to school. And I've got up and taken care of a radio broadcast in Tampa live. And I've answered the phone. I've visited the hospital. But it's Saturday. I want to rest for Sunday. Oh, I want to sleep in. It would be bliss to sleep in. And guess what happens at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning? Back when Cartoon Carnival came on. Back when Bugs Bunny came on. Back when I would be laying in a dead sleep in here. I say, where, what, what? And I go in there and there they both are, wide-eyed. I said, listen, I had to pull you out of bed all week long. And here it is Saturday. We can all sleep in. And there you sit with the television on turned up loud. He said, but Dad, it's cartoon day. That's before they had a cartoon channel. It only happened for about three hours on Saturday morning. So to make sure you didn't miss Dudley Do-Ride or or anybody else. You didn't miss the Tasmanian devil. Can you say, man, you didn't miss Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd. They woke up like, they woke up. They woke up, huddled in front of the television, and they were motivated passionately to get up and get with it because it's cartoon day. Folks, here's the deal. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But it is righteousness, it is peace, and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, I was going to preach on the threefold blessing of the kingdom. If I preach these three points, (laughs) it's going to be a long day. (laughs) Who said okay? They're going to beat you after church. God have mercy on her. They're going to whoop on you. Bless your heart. Thank you for the hunger, the spiritual hunger. You've got kudos with me. Praise God. I'm going to put in a word for you. Hallelujah. How many are getting this message that you can't serve two masters? You can serve God with mammon, but not God and mammon. So that deacon is sitting in there with them, and they're talking about me. And they looked at him. And they said, why won't he fill out that bid? He's qualified for it. Don't he care about his family? In other words, couldn't I cause my family to live better if I took that job that would take me out of church and out of the pulpit? Doesn't he love his family? See, it's all, listen, I love my family. And we were making enough right where I was to get by. It was gravy through a goose, but we got by. You know what gravy through a goose means? You get paid on Friday. By Monday, you've written out your bills. And it's gravy through a goose. But I had a promise. All these things, all these things that the Gentiles are willing to put their very soul in jeopardy for. Not only will you be right with God, God will take care of you. And He will make a little go a long way. 
Somebody say glory. glory. I'd rather have a meal barrel with God's blessing on it with one dipper left. Because every time you dip out, he's going to dip in. Then to have a full meal barrel that when you get down to the bottom, there ain't no more. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Give me the blessed meal barrel. It don't have to be full. It just has to be blessed. Can you say amen? Because if it's blessed, God is going to make a way. God is going to somehow take care of you. Amen. He'll make a little go a long way. He still multiplies the fish and loaves. He's still in that business today. And He'll do it for someone who puts the kingdom first. You'll find the sale. You'll find the deal. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Woo! I've never regretted that. Well, the deacon told them when they said that word about don't he, don't he care about his family? Because all they could see was a bigger car and a better home. We have a good home. You've been there. It's not a big home. It's not in a gated community. You don't need gates. Everybody's got a pit bull. Can you say amen? <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. One day I'm going to live in a gated community. Twelve gates to the city. Each one carved out of a solid pearl. Praise God. Right now, I'm living in a simple home, a humble home, but Pamela has fixed it up. She makes it look so nice. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are dry in the rainy season. We are cool in the summer. We are warm in the winter. And when we sit down to our table in our house, amen, we don't have to have Maylocks sitting there to drink with our food instead of tea or Coke or water. We have God's peace and His joy. And we can enjoy what we have. And I know people that's got a lot more, but they can't enjoy it. they got a house. They don't have a home. Amen? Because the kingdom of God is righteousness, being right with Him. And the peace with God brings the peace of God. Hallelujah. And because we have that relationship with God, we have peace. And then we have joy in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean, Brother Venable? That means that the Holy Ghost is the mediator of the presence of God the Father and of Jesus Christ. When he comes, he testifies of Christ. Not just his deity, his, his, he testifies of his presence within you so that you actually sense Christ with you. It's not just a theological truth that you've given mental assent to. You sense the presence of God. Hallelujah. His spirit bearing witness with our spirit by the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, to finish this, the deacon said, Well, he, he is seeking, because he'd been to church enough to know this. He said, he's seeking a different kingdom. He told me he told them that. And I patted him on the back, and I said, thank you. That's exactly right. They still don't get it because until you get in the kingdom and the kingdom gets in you, they're not going to get it. They just don't get it. It's because I love my family that I put the kingdom of God first. It's because I want my sons to follow me as I follow Christ. 
I want them to see their daddy's life and see that it's the best life that you could possibly live. And that there's no life better than a boat. And thank God for boats. Two of the happiest days one man said of my life. The day I bought the boat, the day I sold it. Amen. Because it had cost him so much to keep it going. (laughs) You've got two boats. John rowed the boat ashore. Hallelujah. He asked me to go fishing with him, but he was telling me about a little boat he had that was so tiny. And I thought, how them big gators are out there. He called me chicken. That's what the gator's saying, too. <laughs> Tastes just like chicken. <laughs> and white meat. Anyway, moving right along. There's nothing wrong with having a boat. Nothing wrong with having a decent automobile. Nothing wrong with living in a gated community. If God blesses you to do so, what's wrong is when we put that on the top shelf instead of the kingdom of God. Because you can't serve two masters. For you will love one and hate the other. Hate one and love the other. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But it's for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. Adonai. Lord. Amen. We have got Savior and consider to what degree He's going to be Lord. In Scripture, it's not in that order. In His Lordship is not a work that you have to do to get saved. It is an attitude of your heart. This keeping your pride, keeping the devil as your master and claiming Christ as your Lord, it won't wash. It won't wash. And the church is full of tares that have been sown among the wheat. The devil actually wants people to go to church rejecting the lordship of Jesus. He plants them there. They walk out and live for the devil. And here's the problem. First John gives it to us straight again. The Bible always gives it to us straight. First John said, He that committeth sin. You know what that means? To live in sin habitually with no compunction about it, no conviction of it, never repenting of it. You are of the devil. doesn't matter what kind of religious things you've went through. If the change, if any man be in Christ, is he the same old sinner just saved by grace? If any man be in Christ, he is a new... Where's the new? Where's the new? Where's the new occurring? He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. That's why the struggle, the conflict of kingdoms. He's a new creation. All things have become new. Can you say, man, when you're baptized in water, you're buried with Him in baptism. That old man, such were some of you, but now you are washed. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified. That old man doesn't exist as far as God is concerned and shouldn't as far as you're concerned. Amen. But you've been raised to walk in the newness of life. We used to sing it at camp meeting. I looked at my hands after... I got saved. I looked at my hands and they looked new. I looked at my feet and they did too. That's about the time we begin to dance. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. It's back when people really got saved. Instead of just joining the church, joining the movement. Going through the, the motions of some religion. But they came to Christ. And they got saved. And Jesus became the Lord of their life. Doesn't mean you'll be sinlessly perfect. 
but it means that that relationship between you and God is perfected. You're no longer a child of darkness. You're a child of light. You've been translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. And when you put that kingdom first, he said, I'm going to take care of all the peripheral. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is going to be given you. You know what pertaining to life is? All this stuff that the Gentiles are willing to sell their soul for. He said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm a good daddy. Amen. I will not forsake you. I will provide for you. Hallelujah. How many want it straight like the Bible tells it? It's the only way to take the gospel. Give it to me straight. Man went to the doctor because his wife told him, if you don't go to the doctor and see what's wrong with you, because he wouldn't work. He said, I'm too tired. I can't go. He wouldn't do a thing to contribute to the house while she was working. said, I would, I, how come you didn't vacuum for me? Take out the garbage. At least I've been on my feet all day. I was too tired, honey. I just I couldn't hardly get out of my chair all day long. said, you're going to go to the doctor and find out exactly what's wrong with you. Because if you don't, I'm out of here. So he went to the doctor, had a barrage of tests. He went back in to have the analysis of all the tests that was given. Told him about all he couldn't get out of the chair, couldn't get out of bed. He said, Doc, he said, I don't want you to talk to me today in all of that doctor language. I want you to give it to me straight. What's wrong with me? And the doctor said, okay, your tests are all all right. You're just plain lazy. (laughs) You know what he said? He said, now give it to me in in that doctor language so I can go home and tell my wife. (laughs) Honey, the church don't need us to cloak the unadulterated word of God so that candy coat it so that it can be easy to swallow we need to be challenged my flesh is weak how about yours I need a little help to crucify it I can't start leaning on it and feeding it and expect it not to give me trouble I need someone to challenge me on Sunday so God can change me on Monday oh you didn't hear me I said I want somebody to challenge me on Sunday so I can be a changed man on Monday Hallelujah. Because I choose Jesus instead of Satan. Light instead of darkness. Truth instead of lies. And if my own weak flesh gets in the way, I want to put it on the cross and crucify it. Hallelujah. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided, like you, To follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus. I won't turn back, I won't turn back. If none go with me, still I will follow. Come on, you say, oh, don't get me started there. Can you say, man, I got preachers that won't go with me to tell it like it is. There are ministers that will not tell you the whole counsel of God. 
and they ought not be in a pulpit because it's where the soul spends eternity. Your eternal destination is at stake. So since I know what's at stake, I say give it to me straight. Your mom and daddy were very, I mean, brother and sister Hodges were very, very, very concerned about truth. I couldn't preach it straight enough to bother them at all. Amen. Amen. They were not bothered by the truth. Even if it hits us, the truth going to hit you in here. And, and if, if you don't take, you put it up on the website, didn't you? The words of Paul. Why? Why? Am I your enemy? He said, am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? You think God don't know you? You think God isn't going to give me a message for you? Do you think you're going to love and applaud every message when it's supposed to get you to repent and change? Do you think you're never going to get mad at me for telling you the truth? At some point, everybody in this room has got mad at me for telling you the truth. Some people just up and leave because they don't want no more. Oh, there's a church down the road that don't care about your pride, your secret sin, your rebellious attitude, your self-exaltation. You can keep it all. But you can't hear. God challenges me. He's going to challenge you. He chastens me. He's going to chasten you. And He said the Word is supposed to cleanse us. Now you're clean through the word that I've spoken. If it's going to clean you, it's got to purge us. We're in the spring, moving now into the summer. There's a big old hibiscus that's almost tall as those lights. I've been waiting on the rains to come because it's so pretty with blooms. I didn't want to shock it until enough moisture was in the ground so it would grow pretty. But i got to cut it back. I got to cut it back. And that's called purging it that it might bring forth more fruit. And when I cut it about halfway down, it's going to come back greener with even more blossoms than now. If I let it go, it's going to just get scraggly and, and not be all that it can be. And every branch that beareth fruit, he does what? He pets it. He purges it. That it might what? bring forth more fruit that we might go forth and bring forth fruit and that our fruit might remain and the fruit of the spirit is the character of christ being produced in us by the holy spirit by the word of god hallelujah if you look me in the eye and say it's never bothered you something i preached you're not being honest because i feel it wilted down spirit he he preached something today see you think it was just for you you thought somebody singled you out somebody read your mail and I I crafted a message around something that was in your mailbox no it's for everybody in this room I care about your soul I care about your fruitfulness. 
I'd like you to have the peace that is promised. I would like you to have the joy that is provided. Hallelujah. I'd like you to win souls for Jesus. I'd like you to have all this added to you without having to compromise your faith. Hallelujah. I want to see you healed. Amen. I want to see God's favor on you and your household. Praise God. See the doctor scratching his head. Why ain't he running from death? He's 70. The Grim Reaper's right up after him. Why ain't he running from death? Why don't he have 8,000 tests to see what, he's, what, he might, what might kill him? Because I had something that was going to kill me. And you couldn't do nothing about it. But God did something about it when people prayed. For heaven's sakes, man, you go to church, you pack a Bible, you can't figure it out. I'm not on cholesterol medication. I'm not on blood pressure medication. My blood pressure's okay. Only the Lord knows my cholesterol level. At some point, God is going to challenge you to change. And here's a prayer that I pray, and I pray you'll pray it with me. Wash me with hyssop. Let's forget everybody else but us right now. Wash me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Create in me a right spirit, O God. And take not... Thy Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Psalm 51. Then, 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 and not until then, then sinners will be converted unto thee. And transgressors will learn thy way. Can you say amen? It's not by what I say, it's by what I do. That it, Listen, folks. The key to evangelism is not your boldness in witnessing. It's your humility and commitment to follow Christ and to walk as He walked. To partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Exceeding great and precious promise that you and I can achieve that for the glory of God. Can you say, man? Dead religion is setting people up for failure. Dead religion is setting people up for a judgment that they're not prepared for. They're giving them a false hope. And to me, that is serious, too serious to compromise. Dead religion will tell you you're going to heaven when God says you're going to hell. And you will be part of the many that say, Lord, Lord. And the last thing you'll ever want to hear in your whole life is depart from me. You that work iniquity, see there's no change. You're just, you're serving your father, the devil, just like you did before you came into this religious system that told you you were ready for death I want to be convicted 
If I'm not saved today, somebody give it to me straight. I want to get right with God here and now. I'm going to wait till my last breath is breathed to hear the feet coming for me down the hall. Find out they're not angels to take me home. Can you say amen? I don't want to wait that long. And I'm going to ask you a serious question because I don't know how long I'll have influence over some folk here. The number one question. If you drew your last breath. I remember John getting up one morning, going to work like any other morning. I saw it on the news. Somebody drinking got on the interstate coming up the wrong way. And he was right in the middle of what could have been a fatal accident. And you've got to know, my friend, before you get up on the interstate where you're going. Because when those things happen, there's no time to pray a sinner's prayer. And nobody can say you're going to get up in the morning and go somewhere and make it where you're going. Nobody has that promise. But we have the promise of eternal life no matter what happens if we make Jesus our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And I'm glad John made it. How about you? Glory be to God. Would you bow your head for just a moment? Let's pray together. I'm going to ask a question. If you drew your last breath, do you know that you would go to heaven? If you don't, may I see your hand? Do you know that you would go to heaven? Do you know it? Do you know it? I'm going to ask a second question. Do you believe in your life and your walk with God there is room to partake more of the divine nature in our character to become more like the pattern that Jesus set for us who though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God he did what with all of that power and position he humbled him Self and took on himself the form of a servant and was obedient. That's how he proved his servanthood unto the death of the cross. Not my will, but thine be done. If God uses you at all, you're in danger of pride. You're in danger of pride. You're in danger of seeing the speck of dust in your brother's eye and missing the beam in your own. And because of that, your character development has been stunted. While considering yourself spiritual, you're not growing in character. Pursuing the charismata, the vision, the dream, the insight. Let me tell you what you're bordering on. You're bordering on that lady beside the road that's supposed to know the future and know this about you and that about you. There's spirits out there waiting for people just trying to get a revelation. And Paul was what? All those persecutions came lest he be lifted up above measure because of his many revelations. And once that pride enters, God resists the proud. When you get in trouble, when you are down, when you need a miracle, when you need God's help, That pride is standing there glaring. 
They need what I have to say. They need my ministry. No, you need His grace. You need His mercy. And you and I need to be more like Jesus. The anointing doesn't make up for being more like our Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why churches come to a stalemate and a standstill. Because everybody's got all the answers. But nobody wants to humble down and say, It's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me standing in the need of prayer. When that day comes when we can all do that, Holy Ghost revival will sweep any place and any people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people second call say, I want with all of my heart to be more like Jesus and I want to pursue that with everything in me. I want to be more like Jesus. He'll use you. The gifts don't have to be traded for that. They will work perfectly within that kind of character. Tongues won't be sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And when you use your faith, it'll be to help somebody. Hallelujah. To heal somebody. To see somebody set free. It won't be just to say, look what my faith has done. Look how mighty I am. Oh, no. Hallelujah. Look how mighty God is. And we are what we are by the grace of God. Since this is being filmed today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's no middle ground. God's not trying to make it hard. God is making it easy. The day you decide to choose light over darkness, Christ over Satan, eternal life over eternal separation and damnation, there's no devil in hell that can hold you and keep you from coming to Jesus and keeping Him from saving your immortal, eternal soul. Say, Jesus, I want You to be my Lord, my Savior, and my Sovereign, and my King. Hallelujah. And the chains will break, and God will seal you with the Holy Spirit, and we'll go to heaven together and hear Him say, Enter in to the joy of the Lord, Thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you get anything out of this today? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.